0: What's up everybody? You are listening to OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. So I've I've got some news. So I recorded today's episode on air cuz I was doing my, my radio show and you know I've just been pulling the audio from that and putting it putting it out as a podcast. Well, today I didn't start recording till about 5 minutes in, so you're going to hear me in the middle talking about the Lakers and the Nuggets long story short I'm basically just saying how well ad played in the buzzer beater and, and everything like that so you should be able to pick up relatively quickly on like my stance on everything but I've also got an announcement so the podcast has officially hit 1,000 downloads which is awesome so I real quick I just want to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast from the beginning. I want to thank all the guests especially Zach gray you know he's he was here for a lot of it so big big shout out to him. And, you know, all the different guests that have come on. And, you know, thank you all for, for listening to me for the past, you know, few months. And I'm looking forward to the future. You know, the podcast is growing, which is awesome. So, yeah, keep sharing this with people. Keep floating my name out there whenever you're talking to people. And it has been awesome. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. And you'll hear from me again here in a sec. So, yeah. So, here's here's the thing, though. Uh, there is a, a silver lining here for the Nuggets. PJ Dozier played well, so he's a guy who can can probably take a few more minutes here and there to kind of take some of the load off Murray just to give him a little bit more rest. You know, Murray's been playing like 45 minutes a game this entire playoff run, which is just absolutely insane. So, there's that. The Nuggets didn't shoot very well from three. You know, they only shot 33% from three, and they only got beat by, by two. And, I mean... You know, they, they're they very capable of shooting better than that, and I felt like the Lakers, especially their role players, shot really well. You know, I know LeBron was like 7 for 9 at one point with like 3 of 3 from 3, and you know, like when he does that, they're really hard to beat, and the Nuggets are in it the whole time. I just remember looking down at the scoreboard and being like, how in the world are the Nuggets even in this game, right, because... I mean, you know, the Heat, the Heat, <laughs> the Lakers shot extremely well. It felt like from three, they ended up shooting, I think, 36%, which is right about their, kind of their average. So, um, Michael Porter Jr., I thought, played well off the bench, which was nice to see. So, yeah, they're down 2-0. There's definitely time for them to make some adjustments. You know, if they can come back on Wednesday or, t- or t- tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and win, I think that, you know, they'll – They'll have a shot, but, I mean, look, they, they have to win tomorrow night because, you know, LeBron up 3-0 isn't going to lose. It's just kind of the way that that is there. But all in all, like, the Nuggets definitely, I think, still have a shot. They played really well last night. Ball didn't, ball didn't bounce their way a few times, you know. So, plus, the like I said, like, the Lakers, I just don't see them playing much better, right? Like, you know, LeBron had, like, 25, 9, and 6, and... AD had scored 30 again. So I just don't see them playing much better and they only lost they lost on a on a buzzer beater, right? And AD's reaction was great. You know, yelling Kobe as he's running to run to his boys to celebrate, you know, the the game winner, which is awesome. You know, I think that's something that, you know, we we've really missed with sports. We haven't seen that kind of emotion. And man, this is like one of those moments where, you know, you wish there were fans there. Because this game would have been in L.A., crowd would have gone absolutely crazy. So, man, I'm, I'm really missing having fans. At the same time, though, it is nice to kind of like hear the guys yell at each other and <laughs> talk trash. So, yeah. So, that game was insane. I'm definitely looking forward to Game 3. This is more, I think, of what we're going to get from this series. You know, Game 1 was was an outlier. You know, Nuggets come in tired off the back-to-back seven-game series, having to climb back from being down 3-1. So, we'll see. So, next, we got the Celtics and the Heat. I haven't done anything on air or on the podcast since, I think, game one. So, Celtics-Heat, or I, excuse me, since, since game two. So, Celtics-Heat, game three, obviously, Boston won, which is good because I, I, I picked them to win the series. <laughs> And Gordon Hayward is definitely going to be the X Factor for this series. He played really well in his, you know, since not playing for a whole month. And I'm just saying, like, Jonathan, like, he only shot 2-7 from the field. You know, he didn't, he didn't exactly score a whole bunch. True. This is very true. But they put Gordon Hayward for a little bit in the middle of Miami's zone. And he was a problem there. Like, made good decisions when passing the ball. You know, he's a good shooter, so he can always turn around and hit that, you know, 15 to 18 foot jump shot. He can finish around the rim. Uh, he played really well. I think they're going to continue to put him there in the middle of the zone cuz he's he's a great zone buster cuz he's still, you know, 6'6', six, 6'7. Six, six, so he's able to see over and, and, and make and he's a great passer and he makes good decisions with the, with the basketball. I think it's great. But here's the thing though, like game 3 you know, Miami's up by excuse me. Boston's up by twenty, it feels like for the for the whole game. Like they're easily in control. And then you look down and there's like a minute left. Miami's only down by like six. Right? And so just the way that they play and the way that they constantly come at you, they're just scary because of that, right? And just how hard they play. Especially defensively. They they, they get after you defensively. You know, Bam has really impressed me. You know, that's why he's, you know, second team all 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 defense. Jimmy Butler can turn it on like he says, you know, when when they need scoring, you know, he can score. Gordon Dragic this whole playoffs is actually the leading scorer for Miami. So he's averaging more more points a game than Jimmy Butler, which is a really crazy thought. So Yeah, it's it's been a great series. And I'm I'm still going to stick with my my Celtics pick. I had him in 6 Part of me wouldn't be surprised if they won four in a row, especially with Hayward back. Because Hayward looks really good, and I'm really excited for the rest of the series. And I think it's going to be great. So with that, before I get into yesterday, I'm going to talk about the Monday night football game tonight. Las Vegas Raiders, home opener, brand new stadium. I think it's going to be great. They're playing the Saints though, so I do think the Saints are going to win. But I was thinking, you know, back to back to last week on on Su- Sunday Night Football, when the when the Rams played the Cowboys, right? And I just I wish I had the number of how many times the announcers for that game brought up the fact that the Los Angeles Rams Stadium cost five billion dollars. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that. That the Las Vegas Raiders stadium costs somewhere about around like the same amount. I'm actually gonna s- search it up here real quick, but yeah. So I'm gonna set the over under at like. Oh what's a good number for this? Let's go uh, 12 and a half. So if you're if you're on Twitter and you want to, you can tweet at me. Tweet at me how many times you think. The announcers will say how much it costs for the Las Vegas Raiders to, to build their stadium, because you like you know it's coming, you know like they're they're gonna <laughs> be like this stadium costs five and a half billion dollars, which is just insane. Like I could, that's just it's crazy. I'm I'm excited though to, to, to see the stadium. I think it's gonna look really good, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm excited, you know. And here's the thing though, like. The Raiders didn't even look all that bad last week. You know, they they won a close game, and so maybe you know they they give the Saints a, a run for their money. I don't think they do. I like the Saints pretty big on, in this one, so we'll kind of see how, how how all that goes. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. And you know, it's it's really kind of a it's. This game's kind of a, a big deal, though, right? Because John Gruden's trying to figure out whether or not he likes Derek Carr. I don't know what's so hard for them to, to, to figure out about it. And it's just, like, D- Derek Carr's a really good quarterback, right? So I don't think that there's many guys. Well, there, there definitely are guys in the league who are better than him, but there's definitely a lot of guys in the league who are way worse than him. right? like, Derek Carr is definitely a quarterback that, that you can win with. Like obviously, you know he's not a part of the elite tier with guys like you know Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Like obviously, like he's not in that tier. I think he's more of tier three. You know, so tier one, four guys: Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson, Rodgers. Those four guys. I think everybody would agree those are probably the four best quarterbacks in the league. At the top of tier two, I'd probably go to Sean Watson. And then guys like Carson Wentz. Um, maybe Josh Allen, if he keeps playing, like the way that he's been playing. We're going to talk more about him later on in the show. Kyler Kyler Murray, maybe, if he keeps playing the way he's been playing. And then there's more guys than that in my tier two. I'm blanking. That's okay, though. And so on and so forth. So I think he's like tier three with guys like Jimmy G and, and other guys kind of like that. So... Yeah, I, I like Derek Carr. I think that the Raiders should stick with him. He's he's a really good quarterback. Like, I just don't know really what else you're looking for for John Gruden. May, maybe he wants him to push it down the field more, which is definitely fair. But at the same time, I mean he doesn't really throw a bunch of picks, which is nice. Like like yeah, obviously, like you want your quarterback to to push the ball down downfield if they can. Like last thing you want is for them to kind of force it, right? So Saints tonight, or a five-point favorite. The over/under is set at forty-eight and a half. So I'm, ooh, wait, this is actually kind of tough. I think yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take the the Saints here to win by. Let's go seven. Saints by a touchdown tonight. So if you're, yeah, Saints by a touchdown. I I take the under though. Under forty-eight and a half, you know, because the Saints' offense didn't really look super impressive last week. Uh, the The Raiders' defense didn't look bad last week, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that chess match kind of works out between Gruden and and uh, Sean Payton. But but yeah, it's been uh. I'm I'm excited. I'm so glad that that football's back. So we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back here live on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse here in Arkadelphia. We're on to football now. I've just kind of accepted that this is like a football show during football season, so this is definitely more up my alley than basketball right now. That's what I've been paying attention to. This is what I've been watching. So, yeah, let's get into it. I'm excited. So, obviously, the lead NFL story is hands down 100% the Dallas Cowboys' insane comeback against the Falcons. If you missed it, don't have to watch the whole game. Just go watch, like, the last eight minutes. Mike McCarthy. Here, look. Before I get to that, the only normal thing in 2020 is the fact that the Atlanta Falcons can't hold a lead. (laughs) That's the only normal thing that's happened all 2020. Atlanta still can't hold a lead. But Mike McCarthy is already showing his worth. If Jason Garrett's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and this happens, no way there's you can't tell me that there's there's no version of this game with Jason Garrett as the head coach where they come back and win no shot okay my McCarthy, great i'm not going to say great head coach great upgrade from jason garrett that's the <laughs> right so you know the the onside kick thing was genius like that's that's the smartest thing i think i've seen since, since they've changed the rule where you can't run forward just kick it slow and I mean, if you're the Falcons, like you got to jump on that ball, right? I mean, I think that's it's easy to say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But at the same time, you know, you don't want to touch it before it comes ten yards, because then obviously, you know, the Cowboys, they can touch it, right? So it was just weird. It was genius. I don't think the Falcons special team unit really knew what to do. They wanted, to, they didn't. Maybe they they thought it wasn't going to go the full ten, but the, the slow kick I thought was absolutely genius. So, Mike McCarthy is already showing his worth. It's it's good it's good to see, right? Because, you know, the NFL is better when when the Cowboys are good. So, hopefully, actually, no, I've got some bets going where I think the Cowboys will go 8-8. Eight eight. So, hopefully, you know, this stops. <laughs> but, you know, Dan Quinn, head coach of the Falcons, is definitely on the hot seat. And we're going to play a little game later where we'll be bet on who the uh, the first coach fired is. So, stick around for that. It's going to be later on towards the end of the show. But, yeah, unreal comeback by the Cowboys. And, you know, I had a a good buddy of mine, Ryan Ratliff, he he tweeted at me this morning. He asked me if, you know, if if I still thought that Carson Wentz was better than Dak, and the answer is yes, I do. And, look, you know, Carson Wentz is looking bad right now because his offensive line can't block for him. You know, week one he gets sacked eight times. This week he didn't get sacked at all, but... You know, Aaron Donald was in his face all game. Ended up throwing two picks. Like, it's really hard to judge a quarterback. You know, if their offensive line can't block for him. So, I mean, that's why it was so hard. You know, to judge Kyler last year because the offensive line was just terrible. Right? I mean, he still looked good, but then again, you know, he's also more more mobile than than a guy like Carson Wentz. And that's the thing. Thing with with Russell Wilson that's so amazing is his offensive line doesn't have to be great. He's so mobile that he can he can move around and get out of the pocket and still look great which most quarterbacks can't do that right like I firmly believe that you know you put Dak Prescott behind this Eagles offensive line Dak Prescott looks bad just because of how bad you know the offensive line play has been for the Eagles so speaking of quarterbacks Justin Herbert got the start yesterday for the Los Angeles Chargers which still feels really weird calling them the Los Angeles Chargers like they're still they're still in San Diego in my mind but Listen to the stat line. So he's 22 of 33, 311 yards, one, um, one touchdown, one pick, sacked twice with a QBR of 75.5. So he played really well, especially in his opener. I was really impressed. He threw a couple really good balls. He had a rushing touchdown as well. He's athletic. You know, I think that's the one thing that we forget about him, right? Like when we look at him, we see, you know, Six six, you know, two forty with an absolute rocket of an arm, which he has. He can throw the football. Like he's definitely, you know, arm talent wise, definitely ready for the NFL. You know, it's just the question of like how well does he you know the offense and things like that. Which I mean, he seemed to command the offense fine yesterday. I, I thought he did a pretty good job of that. And you know, I mean, he went. I'm not gonna say he went. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. he he went to, he went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes much better than. Than, uh, than Justin Herbert is but I was very impressed with Justin Herbert I don't think he really could have played much better you know the the interception was kind of tough he definitely could have scrambled for for the first if he just t- tucked it and ran but at the same time you know he uh I, I thought he looked I thought he looked good I don't think you could really ask for much more from him you know he like I said you know he he looked good I you know their head coach did a great job of The game plan was good, you know. They established Austin Eckler early, gave him some nice easy throws to make. Keenan Allen's really good, you know. Keenan Allen had a great day yesterday. I was really impressed with him, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. He was he looked really good yesterday. The Chargers have definitely found, I think, their guy. It looks like, you know. Obviously, it's only one week. We need to see him play more. You know, bye bye game eight or nine, we should really kind of know then, you know, how, how he's, how he's going to be. And yeah, I was, I was really impressed with him. You know, I don't, I don't think that you could really ask for much more than what's than what they got. So it's been good. You know, I've, I've been, like I said, I've been extremely impressed with them. So yeah, with that, we're going to, it's been good. So there's a lot of quarterbacks who have looked really good just kind of throughout the year. And it's just, it's been so much fun to watch, right? Like, I don't really, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't really know, you know, what what else to really kind of say about it. But there's several quarterbacks who have looked really good kind of through the first two weeks. Obviously, you know, you got your guys like Lamar Jackson's looks really good. Patrick Mahomes' looks really good. But, you know, those guys are supposed to look really good. And But there's some other guys who have really kind of popped these kind of first couple weeks. And I'm gonna talk more about them kind of after the break. But man, like it's the 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 amount of good good quarterbacks in, in the NBA NBA. Oh my gosh, Jonathan! In, in the NFL right now, it's really impressive. You know, I just I don't I just don't remember a time where where we've had this many good good quarterbacks in the NFL at once. You know, it's just crazy it's it's been good though like this is a good time for the NFL right like the more talent in the NFL the better right cuz you know t- teams are on more of a level playing field and it's been good i'm really i'm looking forward to the future right cuz there's just so many good and the, like all these quarterbacks are young too right like all these guys that i'm going to talk about here in a minute they're all like in their early 20s you know like f- fresh out of college kind of guys except for one and like just knowing like looking towards the future like the league is in great hands with with the amount of good quarterbacks plus we got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields coming in into the NFL this next year. Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma is going to be great I think in the NFL. So that's three studs coming out of college over these next few years. Plus I'm sure there's some guy that I haven't heard of yet that's going to be really good as well. So this the the amount of quarterback play in the NFL is so deep. It's great. I'm just I'm so excited for the future of the NFL, As, you know, just knowing that, you know, when Drew Brees and these guys retire, the, the, the league's in good hands. So we're going to talk about these four quarterbacks when we come back here on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse. What's up, guys? We're back here on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse here in Arkadelphia. This is Overtime Takes, and now it is time to talk about these great four quarterbacks. Who just through the first two weeks have looked just on another level from you know their previous year or years. So the first guy is Russell Wilson, and they are letting Russ cook, and it is awesome. Okay, I love the fact that they're they're really kind of opening up the offense. With that being said, he only threw the ball 28 times last night, and that's not enough. <laughs> like like if you have Russell Wilson, you should throw the ball 35 times a game. Like he's like Joe Burrow. Threw the ball sixty-one times on Thursday Night Football. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw the ball forty-seven times on Sunday. Okay, Russell Wilson has got to throw the uh, the ball more. I mean, he's you know hands down. I don't think it's really close, and it's okay if you disagree. If you disagree with me, then you're wrong. <laughs> he's hands down the the second best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes, and he's. Probably gonna win MVP this year. It's gonna be him or him or Aaron Rodgers, and he's just he's been really good this year. And I'm so glad they know that Pete Carroll's finally opening up the offense for him, let letting him throw it, cause he looked he looks really really good good last night. through five five touchdown passes, right? Like he's just he's so good and he's just incredible with the way he moves around as well. And when he runs, he just doesn't get hit. It's really incredible to see the way, you know, he kind of avoids defenders and avoids taking, you know, the, the big shot, right? So five touchdowns. He, he did throw a, a pick last night. Wasn't his fault. Hit his receiver right in the hands, and it bounced off right to a defender. But you know, he's one of the best deep ball throwers I've ever seen. Like, he, he threw a couple last night, the one to Metcalf, and then – the other one too. I think Moore was the name of the receiver. Where he put it right, like right on the pylon, like just first of all, what a catch! Like that catch was absolutely insane. I was so impressed just by the kind of that whole that whole sequence. And man, just what what a game! You know the Patriots look really good somehow. Like Cam Newton's looked, Cam Newton's looks really good you know they they threw it 44 times last night. So Cam Newton was 30 for 44, 397 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Part of that is because you know the the Seahawks secondary is really bad. You know, like the the Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan threw for like 450 yards against that secondary last week. So, but yeah, like I'm I've been really impressed with Cam Newton. He's looked really good kind of these first two weeks. And I obviously, you know, like Russell Wilson's been absolutely insane. So that's why he made this list. The next quarterback that is just really popping off for me, Josh Allen looks like an MVP candidate. Now, obviously, like, I think he's going to come down a little bit. But he, here's his line against the Dolphins. He was 24-35 for 417 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, QBR rating of 93, which is really high. Like, he's he's a really good football player. Or it looks like he's kind of developing into that really good football player. So, For the season, his completion percentage is is 70%, which is really good. 729 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. And that's kind of always been my concern with Josh Allen. Like, he loves to push the ball down the field. Like, he was complaining at the end, not complaining, but he was just kind of talking about how he wants to push the ball down the field more. But, you know, he, he threw the ball to his check down the least amount of anybody in the NFL last year. And he's talking about wanting to push it down the field even more, right? So, dude is definitely a gunslinger. And the thing with with gunslingers is like you know they're probably gonna throw some picks, and he hadn't thrown one yet this year. I mean obviously you know, he, he'll you know he, they're gonna play New England. He'll probably throw a couple then just because Belichick loves to play <laughs> on quarterbacks and he always eats them up. So, but he's looked really good. He's really impressed me, and like he's he's really kind of coming into his own. He's still super athletic. You know the play where he stiff arms Kyle Van Noy into the ground is just absolutely insane. You know he's running the ball he's a fullback right, and he's slinging the ball all over the field, and he's so athletic, and he's got such a big arm. You know, it's it's nice to kind of see him develop into more, into an even better quarterback than what he was last year, right? So I think this is definitely something that we can, we're going to keep seeing. I don't think it'll quite be on, you know, the 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks kind of level, but this is definitely something that we can kind of expect to see more from him because I think he looks really good. He looks more accurate. Looks more mobile. He's really mobile in the pocket. He looks good, so expect more of this from Josh Allen. I'm I'm definitely in on this. So if you've been listening to, to my show for a while via podcast, and if you want to, you can check that out on a- Apple Podcasts and Spotify. <laughs> Kyle, I've I've talked about how you know every year there's kind of been this trend where second year quarterbacks pop, right. Patrick Mahomes second year he popped Lamar Jackson second year he popped Carson Wentz you know second year he almost won the MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt he popped right so we, we kind of had this thing going and you know I was dead set on it being Drew Lock this year but he actually got hurt yesterday against the Steelers he he didn't finish the game I don't know what his status is for this next week but it looks like you know that second year pop guy is going to be Kyler Murray like he's he's insane like he's so good it's it's his He's going to, it looks like he's going to be, you know, the the second year quarterback that really pops and he's just so athletic, right? He's, he's tiny. Like, it's really weird. It's like watching a baby run around the field. He's so small compared to these guys, but he's really shifty. He's kind of like Russell Wilson and the fact that he just doesn't get hit, you know, it's really fun to watch because he's just, the way he avoids, the way he avoids contact, right? Whether, you know, he's sliding early or he's really shifty, you know, and he makes that quick cut and. You know, if he does get hit, it's never a direct blow that really kind of pops him, right? So, his 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 completion percentage for the year is right at 67%, which is about where, you know, you want your quarterbacks to be. Thrown for 516 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks, which doesn't sound amazing. Like, especially, you know, when you look at, you know, um, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson, who are both throwing, you know, Josh Allen's already thrown for 700 yards, and, you know, Russell Wilson's already thrown nine, nine touchdowns on the year, right? And it's just kind of like, yeah, like, like, like those numbers are good. They're not great. But he's also ran the ball 21 times for 158 yards, which is 7.5 yards per carry. And three touchdowns, right? So his ability to ex- extend plays with his feet and everything has really made it's made him really, really good. You know, there's a guy who works with the Ringer who actually picked Kyler Murray to win the MVP this year. And, you know, they're, they're 2-0 and right now. They look really good. So, they man, that that whole division is just loaded with, with quarterbacks. You know, Jimmy G looks good. Well, obviously, he looked good yesterday because, because they played the Jets. Jared Goff looks good. You know, he was 20 for 27 yesterday with, like, three touchdowns. So, he's looking good. Let me think. So, Ky- Ky- Kyler looks good. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we just talked about Russell Wilson uh, a couple minutes ago. So, that that division's loaded with really good quarterbacks and really good coaches. And... Yeah, so last guy on my list before we take another short break, Gardner Minshew has looked great. Like mustache mania is still going. Right? Mustache Mania is here. So the first two weeks, you know, his completion percentage is right at seventy five percent, which is really good. Though for five hundred and twelve yards, six touchdowns, only two picks. So he's looked good. You know, he tore up, you know, the Colts defense in week one, you know, when they won that game, and then he looked really good against the Titans as well. You know, he's Look, obviously, I still think the Jags are going to be pretty bad this year. They're probably still going to have the number one overall pick. It's going to be them, the Giants, or the Jets. It's going to be one of those three teams. So they're probably going to end up with Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. And Gardner Minshew is really – he's he's not playing for a contract with the Jags. He's playing for a contract with somebody else, right? So obviously, you know, Gardner Minshew is not Russell Wilson or any any of those kind of guys. But he's proving that he's good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL if if he keeps playing like this. You know, right now I would definitely consider him more of like a high end backup, right? Just because not not a knock on him. That's just how good you know the quarterbacks in this league are, right? So he's definitely pro- he's on the verge of proving that he can be you know an every week kind of quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's accurate. He's mobile enough, right? So. Man, Mustache Mania is here. It's still going. You know, it. He makes me want to watch the Jags, which is really weird because I never want to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play, right? Like e- even the year, you know that, you know they had the the surprise year where they, you know, went to the the AFC Championship with that great defense. I was like, eh, it's the Jags. It's it's Blake Bortles, but no, like with 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 Minshew, you know I want to watch just about every game they play. So. We're going to take another short break and then we're going to come back with some which coach gets fired first. It's going to be great. So make sure you, you stick around for that. This has been Overtime Takes on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse. And we're back with more Overtime Takes on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse. Now it's time for a very fun game called First Coach Fired. we got three coaches already on the hot seats even if they're not being advertised like they're 100% on the hot seat. These three coaches I don't think make it through the season. Especially these first two. The third one might, I don't know, we'll see. So the first guy up, Adam Gase of the New York Jets. So they're really bad. They had be 37 to 13 this last Sunday by the 49ers. I know what you're thinking. The 49ers. They won the NFC last year, right? Like they're they're good injuries everywhere, right? Like Nick um Bosa got hurt this last week. Kittle's out. Richard Sherman is out. Debo Samuel's out. They're just so depleted everywhere, right? That this should have at least been a game. Like I'm totally expecting, you know, for for the 49ers to win, but at the same time when you look at all the injuries, it should not have been 37 to 13. Like it should like it shouldn't have been a 24-point blowout like that, right? So I just, I don't see him making it. I, I mean, he's he's going to be done here soon, right? So Joe Douglas, the the Jets GM, didn't hire Adam Gase, right? So there's there's a good enough reason right there for him to fire him. Because, you know, GMs, they, they want their own guys, right? Like, they don't, like, I don't think he really likes Adam Gase. People don't like Adam Gase. Like, like Jamal Adams won it out. He's like, they don't care about winning. And I think that, well, they kind of, reflects on Gase a little bit, right? Because he is the coach. Like, he's the guy that Jamal Adams is, is interacting with the most. And, you know, he just, Adam Gase just kind of looks like a like a jerk. You know, like, he, he looks like he just doesn't really care about his players. And just, you can see that in the way he coaches and everything. You know, being a being a Dolphins fan, I remember when we hired Adam Gase and we were really bad. I mean, it just felt like he was, you know, people say, you know, he's some great offensive mind, but at the same time, like, he's not, you know, Sean McVay. He's not Kyle Shanahan. He's not Sean Payton. You know, he's not on the level of those guys like is he just a guy who likes offense or is he a great offensive mind right so I just I don't so I was talking with Colt when I was filling this out because we were, we were watching we were watching football and basketball and, and everything else together last night and so we decided to set over and under to this right so I think a big part when we look at you know whether or not these guys get fired or not is their upcoming schedule right so I looked Five or six weeks in advance to kind of see who they had coming up to play. So here is the Jets' upcoming schedule. So they play the Colts, who's, and the Colts are probably going to win their division. So that, that's a loss. They play the Broncos on a short week. I still like the Broncos. I know they're 0-2. Drew Luck got hurt this last week. Played the Steelers close despite that. I think that just goes to show how good the personnel around Drew Luck is. So they're not beating the Broncos, so they're going to start 0-4. And then they're playing the Cardinals. Who've looked really good, especially Kyler Murray's look great. So that's that's 0 5. And they're playing the Chargers. And, you know, Justin Herbert keeps playing well, you know, he's he's going to have, you know, another three games uh, underneath his belt before then. So I don't think they beat the Chargers either. So they're 0 5. They're and then they're playing the Bills, who are going to win the, the AFC East. That's another loss. And then they're playing the Chiefs. That's another loss. So they're going to start like 0 6, 0 7, somewhere around there. I don't think he makes it to the Chiefs game, you know. So we we set we set the over under at two and a half weeks. Let me know what you or if you want to let me know what you think. Do you think you know he he finishes the year? Do you think he do you, are you gonna take the over and say no? I I think he gets fired more like four weeks. I'm gonna take the under. I don't I don't think he gets past the Broncos, honestly. So he's the first guy on our list. Next guy, Matt Patricia, of the Detroit Lions, right? So they've just been bad since he's gotten there. You know, it's just third year there. And, you know, Matt Stafford's been hurt. That's kind of, I think that's kind of why he's still there. I think that's kind of their excuses, his, or his excuse, Like, you know, my, my starting quarterback's been hurt. Well, the Lions have blown four straight double-digit leads. And that's, that's coaching. Like, that's what that is, right? You know, and you know Matt, Matt Patricia's he's got this reputation as a defensive head coach. And, you know, when you blow leads, it's usually because your defense can't get stops, right? So, hey, how how am I supposed to invest in this defensive-minded coach when you know he keeps blowing leads? You know, like, defense is, is supposed to be, like, what you're good at. You know, like, and you've got a good quarterback in Matt Stafford. And, and you know, they, they've got some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And, like, you should be able to, like, to, to close out games, right? Like, you should be able to do that, right? So, they've blown four straight double digit leads. He's got a good quarterback unlike you know the Jets are still developing Sam Darnold and the offensive line's bad and then, so I mean like like you've got a good quarterback. Like you should be able to win, you should be able to win games and close them out. So their upcoming schedule, they're playing the Cardinals, who I don't think they'll beat. And then they're playing the Saints who they're not going to beat. They'll probably beat the Jaguars. So that that's one win. And and then they're playing the Falcons. I think the Falcons outscore them because I mean neither team's defense is very good, and I definitely like the Falcons' offense more. So, so I'm, I'm going to bet on the Falcons there, and, and then they're playing the Colts, who they're not going to beat, and then they're playing the Vikings, who look pretty bad. So at most, they start like two and four, somewhere in there, T- two and two and five, somewhere in there, right? So, Colt and I set the over under on on that Patricia for four and a half. I'm going to take the over. I think he sticks around just just because it is his third year. I think he's a guy who gets fired towards the end of the season, maybe even after, just because he hasn't been there very long. And you know, I think that they want it to work with, with Matt Patricia, but this is another Belichick prodigy that, that will fail, it looks like. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Matt Patricia, the, the over there, over four and a half games before he gets fired. So the last... Last coach we have here on our list, Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons, and after this week, I just don't know how I don't know how he he, st- he sticks around after this year you know they they go up like twenty to zero in the first half, you know they're up big the whole game and then they just completely collapse again, you know like ever since the Super Bowl they've just been bad right it's they they've just got like this curse on them and they they just can't seem to to get over it it seems like so it, which really sucks because, like, I like Dan Quinn. And you know, he's supposed to be, you know, a defensive coach, but the defense hasn't been good since the Super Bowl. You know, obviously, you know, their offense is great, but that's because you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and, like, all those guys, right? And he's just got so much talent on the offensive side of the ball that if he could, if their defense could just be average, like, they'd be really good. Right? But their defense has been terrible. Right? So, and he was he was going to get fired. Like, he, he's done after this year. Like, there's no way that, that he, he sticks around. Right. he was like they were gonna fire him this last year, but the players came together and basically told you know their owner and GM like no like like get, please just give him like one more year like like we love him like he's awesome which which is great like like the locker room is into him like he's definitely he'll definitely find another job I think just because of that I I feel like as a GM I'm like okay you know this guy you know he he knows offense well enough you know that like like they're, they're gonna score and everything. If I just give him players defensively, then you know the defense should be fine. And players love him, like that's so important in the NFL. It's like getting your players to buy in, and these Falcons players have definitely bought in, right? Which is which is huge, right? So their upcoming schedule is definitely the most favorable, I think, of the three coaches that that are def- that are on the hot seat right now. So they're playing the Bears, who, who they who I think they'll beat. You know, Mitch Mitch Trubisky is not. Not great, you know. They're, the Bears are two and zero right now, somehow, and but I I don't think that I, I I do think that the Falcons beat them, and then they got the Packers. They they're not beating the Packers. The Packers look so good. Aaron Rodgers is on a war path. Aaron Rodgers for MVP. And then you got you know the Panthers, who the Falcons will beat, just because the Panthers, especially defensively, you know they're really young. They're definitely a rebuilding team, so they'll beat the Panthers. And then they they got the Vikings, who they'll beat. And then the Lions, who I think they'll beat. And then the Panthers again. So just because of that, like, they'll they'll win these games. But, you know, they still have two games against Tampa Bay, which they'll lose both. They got two games against the Saints. They'll lose both. So they'll probably come out somewhere between, you know, 6-10 and 10 and 8-8. Eight and, eight, and then I, I, I think they, they kick him. So we set the over-under for Dan Quinn to be fired at 9.5 games. I'm going to take the over. I think he gets fired at the end of the season. And... Atlanta goes and tries to and tries to get some hot shot quarterback, quarterback, some hot shot college coach like Lincoln Riley, who is still coaching at Oklahoma. Which part of me is like, why would you leave Oklahoma? Right, like you've built this powerhouse where you have great quarterbacks come in year after year, and you know you win the Big Twelve every year because the Big Twelve is bad, right? Like like Texas is not very good, and Texas Tech isn't very good, and there's just a lot of teams, you know, like I mean like he's gonna win the Big Twelve every year and play in in the college football playoff and then get beat by a team like Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Clemson, who actually plays defense, right? But at the same time it's it's like, man, he would get a huge paycheck. Huge paycheck if he went to the NFL, right? Especially since, you know, these these GMs know like like he doesn't wanna leave Oklahoma. Right. Which part of me gets, part of me doesn't get, you know, I mean, you know, like when you're coaching in college, like it's a year round thing. You know, you got to worry about recruiting and you're going on visits and like you're not home with your family, which I don't know if, if Lincoln Riley has a family or not. But I'm like, if he, if he does, then I definitely think that, you know, the NFL would be the way to go for him. And you, know, you get to deal with the best of the best. Which, like Who doesn't want to do that? Right. Like you don't have to deal with. I guess you do. I guess you do to a certain degree. I was going to say, you don't have to deal with immature 22-year-olds. You you just get to deal with immature 30-year-olds who have a lot of money, which I guess in some ways is a lot worse. But I think he'd be a great, great NFL coach. And I'm really kind of expecting for the Jets, Lions, and Falcons to definitely make a push for him. I would love to see him in Atlanta with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, just the weapons that he would have offensively. I think... I think it'd be so much fun just to kind of watch them go at it, and at the same time, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, I mean, he's in his thirteenth year; he still looks good. They could move on from him, and you know, maybe draft you know quarterback in this draft who they want, or maybe hold on to him for another couple of years and then go get you know Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma if they wanted. So, you know, I'd love to see him coach for the Falcons. I don't think he leaves Oklahoma. I think he wants to win a national championship before he leaves, but he's got to learn you Know how to coach defense if that's going to happen. So, yeah, so when we come back, we're going to close it out with a little baseball, you know, the wild card starting this week. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be right back with more after this. This has been Overtime Takes. What's up, KSWH listeners? We're back with more Overtime Takes here on KSWH LP 102.5 of him, The Pulse, here in Arkadelphia. So, we're done with football, we're done with basketball. You know for these last 10 minutes or so we're going to focus solely on America's pastime major league baseball so the wild card starts in about eight days and oh I'm so excited like, I'm I'm looking forward to it you know this year's you know only playing 60 games it's been a wild one right so as per last night when I was making this I was looking up the the playoff standings and they, they may be a little different now but so in the al the Razors have the number one seed. Which is just crazy to think that the Yankees are not winning the AL East right now. It's the Rays, and it looks like the Rays are gonna hold on to it, with only with there only being a handful of games left. Which is just insane. Like this is something that maybe two people in the world predicted would happen. <laughs> so the Rays have the one seed. The White Sox have the two seed, which, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, Zach Gray and I did a whole show, just kind of predicting how like this year would go, right? And and you know, we, we both kind of expected for the White Sox to be good. I don't think neither one of us had them had them being this good though, right? Like it looks like they're gonna win the AL Central. That race is still tight between them, the Indians, and the Twins, right? Like we we were both on on, on the Twins. Like that's 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 no surprise right there at all. How good they are, so. I, it looks like they're going to win their division, though. Like, they look really good. And so, the number three seed is the Oakland A's, which Matt Chapman got hurt. We knew they'd be good. I didn't think they'd win the division, but the Astros have been not as good as we thought. They've had several kind of, several injuries throughout the year, especially, you know, with, with Justin Verlander going down so early, you know, like, you knew that it'd be hard for them to kind of come back and win their division, and so... George Springer was out for a chunk of the year as well, so just kind of with injuries, you know, that's kind of why you know the Astros are struggled. And that's and the A's have also been good. You know, they got off to a really hot start. But they they look good. Um, I'm I'm kind of, I'm interested to see how they do in the playoffs. I don't know how great they're going to be. You know, they're they're matching up with with the Astros in the first round actually. So obviously this is definitely you know su- subject to change a little bit. But if the playoffs started today, they would match up with the Astros in the first round, and I'd probably take the Astros to beat them. But it's okay, you know. So the four seed. You know, this is where we get into our at-large bids, so to speak. So if you don't know how the the, the MLB is doing it this year, they're taking eight teams from from each league, and so so there's there's th- there's three divisions in each league. They're taking the the number one and number two teams out of each league, and then the the teams with the next two best records. Right. So so the Yankees are the second best. So the Yankees are in second place in the AL East. And they have the best record out of every team that's in that's in second place, right? So, so the Yankees are the four seed, and they're playing the Twins, who it seems like they play every postseason now. So, two teams that you know are going to hit a lot of home runs. That series is going to be so much fun to watch, just because there's so many good hitters. Obviously, hopefully, like this holds, because I want to see the Twins play the Yankees, because I just want to see you know, 400 foot shot after 400 foot shot. I think it'd be great for for baseball in general, just for for people to see like that kind of style play. Like it's so exciting. It'll you know, watch to watch teams like this play just because of how many home runs, the how many homers, how many home runs they're going to hit, right? So six seed Astros already talked about them a little bit. They would play the A's in the first round. Next, we got the Indians playing the White Sox. So the Indians, they're they're good, you know. I mean, they're always good, right? So they would be, you know, one of the one of the two three seeds that get in, and then the eight seed Blue Jays would be awesome. Right, like, like I just, I really want for people to see the Blue Jays play. They've got so many young, dynamic guys that are that look like they're they're gonna be stars. You got Kevon Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. You know, those, those three guys alone, that all three of those guys can play. Uh, they just call up a pitcher whose name I'm blanking on, who just throws absolute gas. Right, like they are a perfect example of the talent that's coming up, and they're they're gonna be really good here in a couple of years. I think it'd be great for them to get some some playoff experience, so on and so forth. So the AL looks really interesting. The the quality of the eight teams looks so much better than, than the NL. But I'm, I'm so excited for this. I'm ready kind of for, for the baseball season to start. I think it's going to be really good. So in the NL, you know, we've got the number one-seeded Dodgers, which isn't much of a surprise. I think everybody knew they'd be good. Mookie Betts has been good. Bellinger's been good. Obviously, you know, their pitching staff is great. The bullpen's been solid as well. So no surprise there. Dodgers are the number one seed. Number two seed Chicago Cubs. Your boy called it. I had them winning the NL Central. I knew they'd be good this year. I was right. Didn't miss that one. But it doesn't matter because I I missed the Clippers take. And that's that's all that, that people are gonna really gonna focus on. Which is okay. Next, the Braves are the three seed. Looks like they're gonna win the NL East. You know, that that race is really kinda tightened up with the Phillies. The Phillies have been hot here here recently. Like I would not want to play the Phillies right now because they just they look really good. Four seed Padres, the the Slam Diego Padres, right? You know they look good. Tatis is probably going to win the NL MVP. It looks like him or or Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's been really good as well. So yeah, the Padres look they're they're just fun. You know Tatis is good. You know they got Eric Hosmer at first base. They got you know they traded for for Clevenger. You know he's looked pretty good. So. Padres are definitely going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know, they they definitely aren't my pick. They're they're not my pick to win the NL. I'm, I'm going to take the Dodgers, but here's a shocker. At the 5 seed we've got the Marlins, which is just bizarre for me. Like I just can't fathom that the Marlins are going to make the playoffs this year. I st- I, I can't believe it. That's how bad the, the National League is that the Marlins are the 5 seed. So next you got, you know, the Cardinals who have you know, they're probably hovering around five hundred. I probably should have checked records before I got on here. That's okay. Probably hovering around five hundred, you know, they're the Cardinals. They're gonna do what the Cardinals do. You know, they just always kinda of find a way to, to sneak in, especially over these past few years, just guys like Molina and Wayne Ryan have gotten older. You know, they've kind of taken a step back, you know, from those teams of like, you know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten and when they were really kind of competing for the World Series. But, you know, they're definitely, you know, a team with a bunch of savvy vets who could definitely make some noise in the playoffs, especially against the Braves who were who are a younger team so we'll, we'll kind of see how that series goes I, I think it'll be good um yeah so Cardinals are your number six seed number seven seed you got the Phillies and this is I wouldn't want to see them right now just especially since like with, with how much star power they have right like McCutcheon Harper Reese Hoskins look looks good JC Romulo looks good Aaron Nola looks good so on and so forth right so you know the Phillies look good um not excited for my Cubs to play them in the first round, but then again, obviously all this is still subject to change. We still got a few games left in the season before the wild card starts. And then your number eight seated Reds, you know, that team they got guys who can pitch, right? You know their bullpen's atrocious, but man, their starting rotation is so good. You know, they could they could win a series just off of their their starting rotation having having a great series, right? Like Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer. Luis Castillo, you know, so on and so forth. You know, that's three guys right there who are absolute studs, you know. So, the matchups are, I think, more intriguing. And Actually, I don't know. I don't know if they're more intriguing or not. But there's definitely more star power, I think, or more big names in the NL than there is in the AL. So, it's going to be a good postseason. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm, I'm sticking with my, my Dodgers pick to win the World Series this year. They just, I think they're hands down the best team. They just, they've looked so much better than the Yankees have this year. But then again, you know, the Yankees have had a bunch of injuries. I think, you know, Aaron Judge should be back soon. Luke Voigt has had a great year for the Yankees. I think he's a guy that, you know, we need to talk more about. You know, just a first baseman who can hit the ball a long way. So, it's been really good. And, um, yeah, so, I think we're going to wrap it up here, um, Good show today, um, I'm looking forward to you know more NBA playoff basketball. I'm looking forward to the NBA, NBA. Looking forward to the MLB playoffs coming up. Thursday night football, we got my, my Dolphins are on TV, so it's going to be another great week of sports. So Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Overtime Takes.